0: 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Great to have you along with us. Neil with you and our special guest as we launch into uh, this part of our 2020 hour is Scott Sanders. Scott's with the Geneva Push and it's all about church planting. In fact, there are loads and loads of churches that are being planted right around Australia now and you might be interested in how you could be a part of what's happening with the Geneva Push. Scott Sanders, welcome to 2020.
1: G'day, Neil. Great to be here.
0: Scott, let me uh, just quickly ask you about the name of uh, your organisation, your ministry. It's called Geneva Push. It dates back to uh, some hundreds of years. Uh, Where does Geneva Push come from?
1: Yeah, well, Geneva Push, I I guess, as a a network, has only been around in Australia for five years. But the name name, uh, harkens back to to John Calvin and the work that he did in Geneva uh, to raise up, equip, train... Uh, ministry leaders who ended up going out all over continental Europe and and equipped uh, or ministered in churches that were already existing. Obviously, back in the 15th century, everyone was in the church. Um, unfortunately, today, uh, as we know, you know, probably only 8% of the Australian population is in a church, uh, and so uh, it's Geneva to to see the equipping ministry, the importance of actually working in deeply and investing deeply in leadership and in uh, in men and women to take the gospel, take the uh, the gospel message out um, to those who don't know it, okay. and push, push because well we've got the God who created the heavens and the universe. We want to we want to push out. We don't want to be retreating as a church, but pushing out with this great message.
0: So how long have you guys been functioning now on Australian soil?
1: Yeah, we've uh, we've been around for five years. So it started by um, three I guess church planters who saw the need to serve. Existing networks, existing denominations, uh, and to importantly equip the church planner for the hard work of establishing a church. So Andrew Hurd, who planted a church, uh, Ev Church on the Central Coast about 16 years ago. Um, Al Stewart, who's a, a bishop uh, in the well, former bishop in the Anglican Church um, in Sydney here, and a church planner himself. He's planting a church at the moment in Bondi Junction, and a young guy, Mikey Lynch, who, who has a great story. Uh, grew up in uh, in Hobart in Tassie uh became a christian at about 18 and uh we was going to an existing church that that just didn't quite work out for he and his mates who were all you know becoming transformed by the gospel and so he ended up uh with the senior minister there David Jones planning a church called Crossroads which has planted other churches so they were the three the three men i guess who said this is something that's needed necessary so let's Let's start it started off, and that was in 2009. Okay, how far
0: widespread has your church planting become? Because you're working, uh, not you're based in Sydney, am I right? Yeah, that's right. I live in Sydney, yeah. and uh, and you've already mentioned a number of churches been planted in various other states. How far widespread does the church planting network that you are supporting mm. happen?
1: Yeah, we we're on to invest deeply in Australia, so that means remote. Uh, regional and, and our cities as well. So Sydney's quite quite diverse. We've got cities all over the place. So we're we're seeing and equipping church planners in Perth as far as Perth, um, all the way up to Mackay in Queensland, um, and all the way down south to Hobart. Uh, so so the the focus is not on a particular city or a tic- particular place. We're working with over ten different denominations and networks as well around the country. And so what I guess one of the exciting things for me. Um, you know, as I guess the mobilizer, as, as someone who's across a lot of these network network relationships, is to see people investing uh, outside of their states and outside of their denominational networks as well. Because uh, I guess as a church in Australia, we're we're quite you know tribal, we're quite siloed. Um, we we love our cities, we love our states, uh, we love our, our denominational networks, and so it's great seeing you know a Presbyterian church planner helping an Anglican church planner, or a Christian Reformed church guy helping um you know a planter across across the country in another denomination And ultimately, this is how
0: communities are changed. I want to invite listeners uh, to call in and be a part of our conversation today. And you might have some thoughts about church planting in your area. You might be inspired by all sorts of things that might say, well, you know, my nearby suburb or uh, another nearby town could be a potential place for a church plant. You might even be thinking, I wonder whether I would make a good church planter. And, uh, And while you probably won't get to go through the whole official assessment process today... We're going to get to that shortly, but there is an assessment process you can yeah. do. Uh, so listeners who are tuning into our conversation, you might like to make a call and uh, and be part of our conversation. The number to call is 1-800-880-876. one 880 876 Contribute to our conversation. Uh, we're talking with Scott Sanders from the Geneva Push. Scott, just uh, remind us how important it is to plant churches, because this is the way that we reach out to communities, and there is something about a new church that is very refreshing
1: yeah uh, obviously obviously we need to be uh working with existing churches as well uh, we need to see revitalization happen there, we need to see mission taking place from the you know the strong bases that we already have. Um, so that that 's a given um and, and fortunately, denominations and networks are, are investing I, I think a lot of resources in that and so Geneva, as you say, is very focused on church planning why do we need why do we need more churches uh, I guess in many ways it 's because current churches aren 't effectively connecting with the australian population uh, so we 've seen the a b s data from two thousand and eleven you know there 's an increase in in the no religions um, and and the reality is church plants. Are more effective at reaching newcomers. So we see, we, we did some research a few years ago with um, NCLS, National Church Life Survey, and there was a, almost a, you know, a fifty a percent, or a double the amount of newcomers coming into a, a new church. Uh, unfortunately, in our society, the existing church is perceived as irrelevant, out of date, oppressive, self-righteous, and a whole bunch of other things that keep people disinterested. Um, new churches often, you know, aren't that because they're very targeted they they focus specifically on a on a people group that's not being reached or a demographic that's not being reached uh and so you know so they work hard at at removing the barriers um to uh to people coming to church and hearing the gospel
0: because typically, isn't it the case, Scott, that when you have a new church plant, there's usually a church that is sending a team or some support. So there's a, there's a mother church. There's one that's sending out a team. So it's not like it's one or the other. The need is there for strong existing churches. But uh, this sort of spark uh, that uh, creates the excitement of planting a new church is something that almost every church needs to have.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you look at the New Testament, um, the pattern in the Book of Acts, you see the church was a church planting movement. We saw, you know, a church in Antioch, you know, seed and and grow loads of churches. Uh, really, I look at a, hel- a healthy church is a church that is looking to plant new churches. Uh, so, we, so we do want to see, you know, birth around Australia, uh, a movement of churches that are. Seeking to start these new works to reach um, reach people with the gospel and and, and its it 's quite enjoyable when you see a, a mother church send out a church obviously there 's the pain of sending away uh, you know sometimes your best people, your key leaders uh, there 's the pain of losing you know that people resource and that that money resource um, but also there 's an opportunity for you to invest life in the mother church with new vision with new opportunities there 's the great fruit of hearing. Uh, stories of people's lives being transformed as the church plant is is growing with um, with newcomers and with people who haven't been in church for years, you know, reconnecting with Jesus and growing in their in their knowledge and love of Him, and so so there's there's benefit not only for the church plant but also for the uh, for the mother church as well. And so you know, really often the hero of the story is is the church planner, um, is the couple, you know, is the husband and wife team who 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 really have the vision and have the energy and have um, you know, the public profile for this church plan, but there's a whole bunch of people praying, um, part of the core team, um, sending out and resourcing this this new thing that, you know, God willing, you know, puts Jesus on the agenda to hundreds, thousands of people in a in a new community.
0: Scott Sanders is our guest. He's from the Geneva Push. We're talking about church planting. Uh, There are church plants that are supported by the Geneva Push all over the nation. And uh, we'll talk some more with Scott in just a short while. Reminder, you can contribute to our conversation Uh, feel free, give us a call on 1-800-880-876. Maybe you've got your own story to tell of being involved in a church plant in a community. Uh, Maybe you've got uh, a story to tell about the challenges that are involved in church planting. Uh, Why don't you call us? 1-800-880-876. You're on 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you. We're talking about planting new churches this hour. Scott Sanders is from the Geneva Push... And uh, this is an organisation that's involved in church planting... In places like Mackay in North Queensland, in the Northern Territory, uh, in Perth, Adelaide and in Hobart. Now Scott Sanders uh, is someone who is interested in becoming a church planter and look, it'd be great if we uh, heard from some people who might be thinking along those lines. And let me just say if you're listening in and you're thinking about uh, being involved in church planting or the part of a team on church planting, give us a call on one eight hundred eighty eight 880 876 and uh, you can be a part of our conversation today. Scott, you take people through an assessment process. What sort of assessment process would people look forward to if they were looking to be a church planter?
1: Yeah, one of, one of the things we say first on is that uh, the, I guess the longer you're preparing, the better, you, the better prepared you will be for the plant. So we like to assess people 12 to 18 months out from when they're thinking of you know, perhaps publicly launching um, the, the church plant. Uh, so the, the assessment is a process. There's a whole bunch of um, online self-assessment tools uh, which which get us to, I guess, start having a conversation about what you're gifted in, uh, what particular competencies that you have and, and how they'll shape the church plant that you um, want to establish and start. And there's a, a few questionnaires that really force the the couple, force the planter to start thinking through, what are the things I need to be thinking about as I prepare to establish a new church you know do I have the finances um you know where where are my my skills my current ministry skills and and what do I need to grow in um we grab a bunch of references from the local church and from people they've discipled um and and all this is sort of pulled together and brought to an assessment interview which generally takes from between sort of two hours to to three hours we have an experienced church planting uh couple an experienced church planner on on the assessment interview team um and really, they're you know they're brothers and sisters in Christ who have a passion to see the gospel go out, a passion to see new churches started, um, and so they want to you know walk alongside this couple and see that they are best resourced to uh, to start a church. Uh, so so the outcome the outcome of the assessment hopefully is is a we think that you've got the gifts and the skills um, to plant a church, um, but you know sometimes and, and often uh, the outcome is well actually we don't think. You're wired, or this is going to be the best thing for you, uh, for your marriage, for for the church, for you to start a church.
0: It's Um, a good thing, isn't it, to have someone give you an honest assessment uh, because it's very easy to be a passionate person, to be wanting to go and do great things, Mm. uh, but when you actually submit yourself to an assessment process and you say, Well, I want people of some level of experience and wisdom to pass some level of judgment on my capacity to be able to do this, because I'm sure if you're very passionate but don't have some of the skills that are necessary, you may well be wasting your time. And it would be good if someone were actually telling you that early on. Is that the sort of thing that happened in an assessment process?
1: Yeah, that, that's that's exactly right, Neil. And you know, often you know, often I'll sit with uh, a young guy and, and walk alongside them for twelve. 18 months and and really they're nervous they're anxious about actually submitting themselves to the process because by that stage they've put together a planting plan they've started to gather their core team they're starting to ask people for for money to support them in the in the coming years, and they really want it you know there's a, a deep conviction uh of of the need for a church in this place as they've walked the suburbs and prayed and and done the research uh, and so so really uh you know we want to serve and, and love people because we know that you know that it, it it can be costly um and it can impact you know in, can impact them and the core team uh, and the launch team and a whole bunch of people if if it goes badly and um you know we did some work a few years ago with with NCLS on church planning in Australia uh and we often hear about the success stories but we don't often hear about the failure the failures that are out there but but there are many and if if we as a network uh, can be i guess helpful to the church in Australia in Ensuring that there's less of those, then I think that'll be you know something that's that's really good.
0: So you're looking to maximise successes, uh, minimise failures. That's, that's why you would go with an assessment process uh, right. to make sure that you're going to be doing the right things.
1: Yes, yes. So research from from the states uh, has shown, I guess, three things. A church plan a church plant needs three things. They need a good, effective assessment. Uh, they need coaching. Coaching for the first two or three years of a plant. Someone walking alongside them, helping helping the planter understand themselves, understand the concept, con- context they're going into, uh, answering the questions that pop up. Because because church plants, by nature, you know, are, are complicated things, and you know, have conflict, um, uh, you know, have have issues with financial viability, uh, mission. How do you do mission when you don't have a big front door? All those questions. So we we want to provide a coach, and then thirdly, we want to provide a, a peer network. And so we're active in. In getting church planners to connect with each other, and the the beauty of that is is church planners talking to each other, hearing I guess the stories of success and being encouraged by that, but also hearing the hard times, uh, because planning is is quite an isolating uh, an isolating thing. Um, the amount of stories I hear, uh, I guess post post Christmas and you know January February, church plans will have you know six people show up, and and that'll include the family. Of the church planner, and maybe a person who's doing the sound, and someone who's on kids. So that when they get up to preach, there's only two people in the room. Now that can be disheartening. You can be thinking to yourself, "Well, why have I left my existing church where I had, you know, 150 people to preach to each week, or 250 people to preach to? Why have I done this?" Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking to so few people. Uh, well, we want to provide a peer network that says, "No, keep, keep on going, uh, keep, keep pushing forward," because um, you know we we see the need for a new church to make disciples, grow disciples in this uh, area.
0: Undoubtedly, there are tremendous stresses and uh, tests of character when it comes to those sorts of issues of uh, turning up to uh, to plant your new church and you might be hiring a hall. It might be relatively inexpensive, but when you have those sort of no-show days, mm. there is a real test, not only for the uh, the primary couple, but also their family. There's all sorts of things here that, uh, that need to be considered before you launch out.
1: Mm. Y- yeah yeah agreed uh and that, and that's where a good assessment process will raise those raise those questions for you uh and and hopefully you you've got the right expectations uh so you are you you know you have listened to people who have, have told that story uh you have seen it um in some ways some of the best preparation for a church plan is to be involved in a church plan yourself um and so you know so those those low periods you know aren't so low and you can you can keep moving forward. Often we talk
0: about the sacrifices that we might make in serving God. Uh, This is one of those areas of sacrifice that we don't often consider because some people think that uh, if there's a church established there and there's a pastor and he does uh, or she does a great job, uh, that somehow or other that's always been there. But there is a sense in which a church grows to a point where it is viable enough to then plant new churches, uh, but it takes a little while to get there and someone has made all sorts of personal sacrifices to make that happen. So when you think of not just being involved in something like a sea change or a tree change that people talk about and changing jobs, changing careers. It's not really a career move. You really sort of have to have a level of understanding, a calling from God. Is that something you come out with your assessment uh, that that you pinpoint those issues of a calling from God?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, we want to see a real deep conviction about uh about the need to tell people about Jesus, about the need to start this new church. Uh we want to have seen that, you know, tested over a number of years. Uh you know, one of the one of the blockers is um you know that we actually ask in our in our in our reference form, you know, is this person wanting to plant the church because they're upset with the existing church? You know, we, we want to hear the reasons um the reasons why and it you know, you need to have a passion for Jesus. That's that's really at its heart. Uh interestingly though, we, we, we talk, as I said before, often about the church planner, but, but there's, also, there's also people and teams moving as well. I, I caught up with a, a number of launch team members from one of our churches that we support in Wollongong, Salt Church. and I chatted with two couples who had, had moved from Sydney and moved from uh, the central coast to Wollongong to be part of uh, this new church plan. Now, now, both couples had never really spent much time in Wollongong. Um, both had to move jobs. Move. One had to move a business down there. Both saw you know god's you know god God blessing that uh, that that move and that sacrifice um and both can you know now sort of two three years on you know rejoice at all the great things they've seen you know changed lives growth in their own personal spiritual life one one of the um one of the wives said you know that they weren't expecting they weren't expecting to have good preaching um you know the planner was a young guy hadn't been um, preaching regularly, so in essence they thought oh we're going to go to a church plan and we're perhaps not going to enjoy the the preaching we've got a great a great Bible teacher in our home church and so one of their concerns was uh you know it was just a personal growth question but they were surprised and it was great, you know, it's been great to see um Dan Godden, as his pastor grow in his um in his preaching ability. Um me me as a as a dad, as a husband, I've got four kids and so kids ministries are really important uh obviously for, for our church experience or you know our church life. Um, a good You know, good ministry means that my wife and I can spend good quality time in our local church. And so uh, this weekend uh, we'll be visiting a church plant where they're um, starting a kids ministry. They've had a lot of young adults. They've really targeted young professionals, but the church is now getting older and having more kids. So one of the sacrifices, I guess, for a family joining a church plant often is that you have kids who who aren't the same ages as your kids, or you move from a, a really good, vibrant youth ministry, perhaps... To start it with your two teenage kids and your two primary school kids, so there's there's the sacrifices that obviously the church planner has to face, but also um, the church planning, you know, launch team and team, you know, face many of those sacrifices as well. So it's really, you know, one of the one of the things we're trying to do as a network is to highlight highlight that so that hopefully we can inspire and uh, and motivate, you know, many people in the church across Australia think well. You know I've got this great skill, this great job, there's a need in this place. I can sell my home, uh move my job, and be a part of this new church as it. As it, as it kicks off and you know, God willing see great things happen. We're
0: certainly talking through some of the nitty gritty issues of church planting and we'll come back and talk some more in a moment and those are challenges and some of those things in there could be seen as negatives. These are the sorts of sacrifices that people right throughout the decades and centuries in Australia have made where you see all of those churches uh, throughout cities and through country towns everywhere. Someone at some point or other decided that they would plant a church. It's got Scott Sanders is our guest. He's from the Geneva Push. And I want to ask you, Scott, uh, when we come back and talk some more, I want to ask you about why we need 100 churches urgently yesterday. Uh, We'll talk some more about that in just a moment. Stay with us here on 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you. Our special guest this hour is Scott Sanders from the Geneva Push. We're talking about church planting and not just church planting in individual locations uh, that are just capital cities or just the major population centres, but all over the nation and your opportunity to be a part of it. And you can actually get assessed as to whether you might be a good church planting candidate. And uh, Scott Sanders, as we talk about the potential for people being assessed, we're talking about the urgency of having some churches planted in communities nearby. Uh, just uh, talk to me about what you like to uh, discuss as 100 churches needed yesterday. How important is it that we actually get more churches planted?
1: As I said at the opening of the program, church, church plants are, are more effective at reaching the unchurched uh, and, and, and the de church person. Uh, so we need, we need hundreds of churches. Uh, you know, hundreds is not enough. We really need thousands. There are 23 million people in Australia, um, and at, at best only 8% are going to a church. Uh, you know, of a Sunday, uh, and regularly part of a you know faith a faith community that praises uh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, so there are loads of people. If I think about Sydney, uh, you know, a city of about 4.6 million people, there's 4.5 million people who don't have a personal relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus. So we need 100 church church plants yesterday, um, because the existing church um, is is not enough. Um, it's not enough to uh, to reach them. Um, I. I emailed a mate of mine. Emailed a, a number of you know church leaders around the country, and within you know within two days had a list of 130 suburbs, 130 places around Australia where there was uh, you know a church that was needed. These are places that had existing churches, but but there were communities, um, there were parts of of cities and regions and and remote areas that still uh, were were relatively untouched by the gospel. And if we think if we think about our cities and our major cities, there is great growth that's taking place. Uh, I like to use the word brownfields and greenfields. So what we're seeing in our cities, obviously in the brownfields areas in the existing areas is uh, is the move towards medium density and high density um, housing. And so there's great opportunities there as, I guess, people are moving from overseas, from other cultures uh, into Australia. And they're happy to, I guess, give up the you know, the quarter-acre block and the, the house with the backyard, they're more than happy to live in a two-bedroom, three-bedroom unit. Well, we need to reach those people, and I don't think our churches are doing a great job of that. Likewise, uh, in Sydney, in Melbourne, in Perth, uh, in the Gold Coast, in Brisbane, uh, you know, in Darwin even, you know, with Palmerston, we're, we're seeing new areas open up as as the housing boom, you know, takes place and as more people come Uh, to this great nation of ours so so really why do we need them yesterday well because we've got loads of people moving into these places uh, who are not in contact with the local church
0: you're talking about every time there's a new suburb a new development that's happening and this often happens around cities and uh, and regional cities as well uh, where there's new developments opening Mm. up there needs to be a church in there
1: that's right, and and they're great opportunities. We've got a planter, we've got a number of planters in Sydney, um, in in Victoria as, uh, as well, who have have been part of that boom, and and they're on the ground. They're speaking with the local developer about community. Uh, the local developers are are wanting to invite them into these community sessions because they're connectors. the they, the church planter often, uh, you know, they know the junctions of life that people in the local community are meeting in. Uh, they're involved in in making new relationships. So Stuart Starr, one of our planters in Oren Park, you know he can see what what will be. There'll be 40,000 people in that area at the moment. There's you know probably close to 5,000. There's a school being built and shops being built. But in in the next five to ten years, there's going to be 40,000, 50,000 people uh, moving into that area. So we need people who are patient. But who can who can do the hard legwork of of being involved in the community that is is really forming from the ground up and and greenfield sites are also places where people are being sold um, by the by the development companies a, a a vision for change a vision for what could be and so what better you know what better opportunity than to speak um, to speak about Jesus who changes you know lives massively. Um, so so that 's really the opportunity that 's taking place in in those areas
0: yeah. Scott, talk to us about getting the idea of planting a church onto your local church agenda. I mean churches have uh, leadership teams that meet sometimes they 're called an eldership or other times a presbytery. Uh, whatever your leadership structure is called, uh, how do you get this sort of item uh, about planting churches onto that leadership agenda so that it becomes the plan of the leaders in your local church
1: yeah well, often there are, often there are points in in a church's life where it's it's obvious you know you, you might be me- meeting uh, in a building that you know allows you to have 150 people there and you're moving towards 120 so it's just becoming crowded so you either need to start a new congregation or you need to um you know reach a new area um there might be people so so there's an obvious one we're we're just growing out of this place uh, we need to start something new uh, and we need to you know, hive off 50 people and um, and then grow the con- existing congregation back there and start a new thing. Uh, there might also just be an opportunity that uh, lands on your doorstep um, in terms of a people group might move into the area. Uh, like a Su- Sudanese population, I was involved in a church where, where we had a whole bunch of Sudanese refugees um, just land in our local community and overnight we had... Um, you know, a church kick off with all its, with all its, uh, you know, joys and uh, and challenges. So, so there's there's an obvious obvious need if if you've got an identifiable group of people um, that you can reach. It might happen, um, it might happen that there might be a neighbouring suburb. Uh, it might be um, it might be uh, a local a local a local community area where people are starting to gather that you know wasn't there say five to ten years ago. Um, some, sometimes the need is just there because your church is, unfortunately, like a lot of churches in Australia, only having you know 25 people. So there's a need to perhaps um, I don't like to use the word kill, but um, but stop meeting perhaps publicly for a while so you can actually relaunch with new energy, new vision, um, and uh, and new vigor into a into the existing area.
0: Now we're running out of time, but tell us about the resources on your website. It's the Genevapush.com. Website, you can get assessed there. What other things are there that people can take advantage of when they're thinking about church planting?
1: Yeah, one of the things we we, we try and do as a network is to to hear from Australian church planters uh, about mission, about evangelism, uh, hear their stories of church planting, so that so that what often is seen as you know an amazing thing can just be an ordinary thing. We 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 want to share those stories. So most of, well, all our resources are free. We've got a great resource library. Um, as I said. That's the place to find out initially about the assessment process. Click on a link, uh, get assessed. Uh, it'll it'll come through to me, and I'll and I'll I'll get on the phone and call you and chase you down, and um, and hopefully you know work out a plan towards seeing a new church start. We've got great audio video resources that that can be used in your local church to inspire people to to start thinking about planting. It might just be an audio resource that you put in the hands of a of a young bloke who who you think you know in the future might have the gifts and the skills um, to do that. We've got a, a national conference. Uh, Multiplier that we hold every year. That's a great thing to bring your team to. Great thing to to bring someone who is considering and thinking about church planning. Uh, this year it's in Melbourne, uh, at, uh, at the Melbourne Conference Centre, right in the heart of um, right in the heart of Melbourne. Uh, so that's in in November. That's a great thing to uh, get along to. Also, you might want to jump along to one of our webinars. We've got a a webinar series which we hold monthly, which which puts on the agenda things like mission, evangelism, multiculturalism in Australia. The key questions and things that you might want to listen to so if you're in a regional remote area that's a great um a great resource that, that we again provide free because we want to bless the australian church and uh, and inspire the planting of hundreds of new churches.
0: And you mentioned that you're already working with 10 denominations and uh, the opportunity there, I guess, uh, for all sorts of denominations to work with you. A lot of denominations will have their own church planting arm and I guess uh, you'd be encouraging people to pursue that with their own denomination. But you guys are meeting a need where there's a bit of a void uh, where people can actually link with you if they just don't have the support that's coming from their denomination.
1: Yeah that's right. One one of the things we we us together is what I say regularly we can do so much more together. Uh and so we've done now over 95 assessments in the last uh, few years. So we've got a really good knowledge basis to assessing the suitability of someone for church planning.
0: And I'll point people to the website. It's www.genevapush.com where you can get assessed and where you can get a hold of a bunch of resources. If you think that you might have what it takes to plant a new church, you are needed in your local community to do such a thing. Scott Sanders is from Geneva Push. Scott, it's been a pleasure talking. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil.